Welcome to Horror Session Lesson 12. I am your host as always, Raina Cervantes, and I am joined today by my lovely co-host as always, Kayla. Hello, Merry Christmas. Yeah, December already. That's that's insane. Yeah, we love it. I put the Christmas decorations up, so I'm excited. I have I admit I am not ready for Christmas, but whatever. I'm going with the flow. Um <laughs> Today's lesson this week is Werewolf Cinema, and today we are joined by the editor-in-chief and founder of Ghastly Grinning and We Are Horror. He writes for Dead Central, Bloody Disgusting, Hawk Creek Horror, and Consequences Sound, and he is a co-host on the Keep Screening, Screaming podcast. Please welcome to the show this week, Ryan Larson. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about werewolves. Yeah, you were like the first person that came to mind when I was like, I want to do a werewolf episode. Yeah, I Just know I talk like, about I them. always see you defending a certain movie. Yeah, I was gonna say I know I talk about them a lot, or at least one of them. So they are really truly one of my favorites. The like the Wolfman, which we're not talking about today, but the Wolfman is one of my my comfort horror movies. So werewolves are yeah. important. <laughs> you know originally this episode we were gonna cover the wolfman but i figured like lately we've been kind of shaking up the format on these episodes that i was like i'm gonna just let our guests decide what we talk about and you're all gonna reap the benefits of that oh god <laughs> <laughs> what's the wolfman wait uh really <laughs> what i don't know what what why i don't know what that is Oh, uh, okay. So then we do have to do a Wolfman episode. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you'll, you'll need to do like a Universal Monsters episode and really just like well, nail them all out. So, so we've been kind of breaking it up. I already we've done like a Dracula, we've done Frankenstein and Phantom of the Opera, and initially this was going to be a Wolfman one, but I was like, eh, I kind of want to let our guests decide what they want to talk about. So Wolfman is like classic. Mm-hmm interesting i've never heard of it ever wow that's it's a good one too real good um the series too yeah multiple installments interesting eight of them i don't know all those universal ones have hella but the first one yeah 40 yeah 1941 lon chaney uh it was like a spectacle for practical effects like back in the day i mean it still holds up um but Mm -hmm. I definitely suggest checking it out. It's on Peacock if you guys have Peacock, which I mean, it's free. So, um, but all the universal yeah. classics are on there. Well, anyway, let's hop into guys- movie number one this week, which is a movie I've kind of been dying to talk about on this podcast. So, film number one this week is Cursed from 2005, directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson, the writer and director of Scream. Um, the film stars Christina Ricci, Joshua Jackson, Jesse Eisenberg, and Judy Greer. Made on a budget of between thirty-five to seventy-five million dollars, the film went on to gross only twenty-nine million at the box office. The film currently sits at a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes and was plagued by notorious production problems and has been pretty much disowned by everyone involved in the making of it. Um, Kayla, <laughs> um, I want I want you to lead us off with this cursed conversation. Oh, God. Well, I was really excited because I don't think I have seen a Wes Craven film that wasn't Scream. So, like, this is my first, like, non-Scream Wes Craven, and I was, like, super excited. And, you know, the style and the writing holds up. It's so 
I it feels like a Wes Craven film. But other than that, I'm seeing stuff that I don't like about his writing, um, particularly of women. Um, like the whole, I felt like the whole beginning of this movie, I wasn't really um, involved. And I really did want the boyfriend to be a fake out or else it's kind of like so, it's just so obvious that it's, he's a werewolf or whatever. Um, and when the fake out happens, like he ends up still being a werewolf, but there's another fake out where, you know, Joni is also a werewolf and she's been killing everybody else. Um, that kind of perturbed me because I was like, okay, so like this whole movie is based off of all these girls being obsessed with this emotionally abusive and manipulative guy. Like, I don't like that. Um, that's not fun to me to watch. And um, there's no lessons involved. And then, you know, the what's the sister? She gets, you know, the same treatment as Sydney. And it always bugged me that Sydney has sex with Billy before, you know, everything happens. Like, that just feels so salty rapey to me it just disgusts me so much so like but it's fine because Sydney gets you know a great ending and um to see the same thing happen to another woman and in us like the same writer and director um kind of perturbed me I'm like why are we letting these women um be in relationships with these psychotic guys like, I don't like that there's a pattern between that. I just kind of took me off. And other than that, I have one more note. I just think that they should not have Jessica Eisenberg in that role. That's <laughs> all I have to say. <laughs> um, well, well, we'll touch upon that last part that, that you brought up. But that's, a, that's an interesting takeaway you got from that. Um, I guess I can really see where you're coming from. It's almost like at one point it seemed like it was supposed to be like kind of the same formula just applied to werewolves rather than slashers. Yeah. So, um, but, um, oh, Ryan, I, I, I know you have quite a bit to say about this movie. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I know I've become like the cursed guy on Twitter. Like I kind of pigeonholed myself <laughs> there, but that's okay. I'm willing to like, um, that's a, a weight I'm willing to shoulder. Uh, I mean, this movie is a beautiful disaster, right? Like, um, like that budget, even the budget you have listed, like double that because production. So realistically, this movie actually probably costs like 130 million, um, which is just Oof. a monstrous budget for what they got. I mean, just notoriously plagued, right? The entire so I read, you can find it online. I have a group that I do script reads with. Um, we call ourselves the Devil's Kettle Drama Club, and we found the original script for Cursed, which is available online, and it is drastically different. Uh, and we did a, like a, a read of it, and yeah. So in the original, um, Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg are not brother and sister. Um, uh, Joshua Jackson's character does not exist. Uh, Judy Greer is the alpha werewolf, um, and Scott Bayo is like the the beta and. Um, it is a fake out with the boyfriend, um, which is Skeet Ulrich's character. Um, what? So yeah, so like what we got was such a 
different product than what was originally like promised. And it's because the Weinsteins uh, unfortunately got their disgusting little hands all over it and kept changing things. Um, so well, that makes you know, a lot of sense. Yeah. So <laughs> what we got was literally the third, like pretty much the third take of filming. Um, they had to keep coming back and doing reshoots. Uh, they, I, I they cut Ski Ulrich's character completely, had to redo everything with Joshua Jackson. Um, I mean, the original, and the original, that whole opening sequence was Mandy Moore instead of Shannon Elizabeth. Um, and like, it was all, it also played out like very, very differently. Um, yeah, so, so the original is, is way different, but I still love this movie for what it is because it's just such a, I don't know. There's something about the 2000s, right? Like, I love the glossy overtone of, like, every movie that came out. Like, no matter how, quote-unquote, bad it was, it still, like, looks so good. And then you have, like, all these small... Like, Joshua Jackson is, like, literally, like, smoldering hot in this movie. Um, you get a ton of, like, these fun cameos of people who would go on to be famous, like Milo Ventimiglia. This is way before Jesse Eisenberg got famous. Um, Michael Rosenbaum. Judy Greer, obviously. So, like, you get all these little, like, sneak peeks at all these people. It's one of Christina Ricci's really last big roles. Um, and it's just, like, I just love that it's basically, like, what if werewolves happened in shallow-ass Hollywood? Um, and, <laughs> and, like, it loses any poignancy and, like, message, right? Like, uh, like by the time this third cuts out the door, they're like, what message? Because this movie is literally just, like, vapid werewolves um and i don't know i just i love it because i think it's one of the few movies like realistically this movie shouldn't exist like it should have never came out it was plagued so much and it's one of those movies where it's like you have these two high profile people on it and like it feels even watching it it feels like a movie that we would be reading an article about of like greatest movies never made and uh but somehow we got it and uh i don't know i just there's so much i love about it like to me it's very spectacular that we can see this movie and you can see where it was going and like maybe what it was trying to do and then like where it got caught up and plagued and like the fact that we can see that is something wild because like most of the time it either like doesn't happen or it completely just gets like shelved and rebooted and this somehow slipped through the cracks and, and like made it out. Um, and fun fact, I took a date to this movie. Uh, it was a first date and it was a last date. <laughs> um, I went on a streak of these in the 2000s, right? I It was uh, the Hitcher remake, um, the Wicker Man remake, and then Cursed. And like all three were... Oh my God. Yeah, all three were different women and all three were first and last dates. Um <laughs> Just a fun fact so, for everyone so, out there. So, uh, disclosure, the Wicker Man remake is a movie that we're covering in a future episode. Oh, yeah. I don't even a... know what the Wicker Man is. <laughs> uh, find out. Um, you'll see that remake. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I just, I love, I, I am fascinated with Cursed. Wes Craven, and I mean, Wes Craven is probably tied with my favorite director with Spielberg, and then Scream is my favorite movie. I've ghost face tattooed on my body and um kevin williamson is one of my favorite writers like dawson's creek is one of my all-time favorite television shows um so like it's a it's like 
there's Jaws, right? And Jaws has all these things that went wrong and it created this beautiful, perfect movie. And then there's Curse and it has all these wonderful things that went wrong and we got a train wreck. <laughs> but like, I still can't <laughs> help but love it. So my my biggest qualm with the production of this movie is the fact that at one point Rick Baker was hired to do practical werewolf effects and then they fucking fired him to do CGI werewolf stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you ever found but like have you seen the this- the photos of the Rick Baker? They exist. I I have seen them yeah. and I it, it breaks my heart. But for this um, time period, I feel like it kind of works as a like a 2005 movie. It just meant meshes all together. It just It's like a it's like the perfect storm. Yeah, I mean, for this time period, <laughs> yes. Um it's this this movie is crazy. Um I I was like reading up on research for it this week and I was like hearing that like by the time they got around to like third reshoots, they the crew had shirts that said "Cursed Four, back at it again" oh, because God. they shot like enough content for like that many movies, and it's just absolutely wild. Once you hear like what was left on the cutting room floor, and it's crazy that like three different cuts of this movie exist, and somebody is in possession of them, and they'll just never get released. So, fun fact. Um... Joshua Tonks, who is in that script reading group with me, him and I have always like done, you know, hashtag release a Craven cut. And he posted on Instagram when we did the script read. And Patrick Lucier, who is the cinematographer for this movie, and he also did um wait, is it Lucier or is it Bozeman? No, it's it's Lucier. Uh, no, it's yeah, it's Lucier that I, I believe he owns them, correct? He so he doesn't own them because like the three cuts. No, they got bought out. So this footage whoever bought the Weinstein company owns this, right? Like what they got separated into like three different companies. I believe there's a company called Lantern media that owns curse somewhere. Right. Um, but he did film this mm-hmm. and he reached out to Joshua who then told me that he does, he did confirm the, the cuts do not exist in the way that we think they exist. Like Craven never cut this movie. It was never edited the way he wanted it to be made. The footage exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so the footage is out there, but it has never been cut. And part of that is because there are so many characters that they filmed um, and then cut. And like no one, like people still don't know. Freddie Prince was attached to this project at one time. Um, and like, I don't even know if he filmed anything. Wes brought it up in two interviews ever. And then it was never talked about again. Um, Omar Epps um, was originally like on this project. He- um wasn't a heather langenkamp as well yep heather langenkamp was um uh oh what's his name i can't remember now i i have a i have a list of some uh cory feldman and james brolin um at some point apparently film scenes that were cut out entirely um let me see uh scott foley uh robert for forster yeah robert forster that's what I was there's about. like yeah, there's like a laundry list of people. So like so you were saying like the footage exists but not in the not in the way that people think. Yeah, like it was never edited as that movie, right? Like they never cut it together and like part of it is because so many of those characters don't exist in the final form. Like Skeet's character doesn't exist at all. Skeet's character do arc that? doesn't exist. Um the wine scenes. And basically what happened is the wine scenes kept pushing it and then asking for reshoots and 
Skeet wouldn't be able to, or Mandy Moore wouldn't be able to, or whoever. So they literally just had to reshoot it. And then they would also have to like change the script because like, okay, well he, he can't, he doesn't exist anymore as a character. So now Kevin Williamson, you have to rewrite the script. The only things that remain this like same ish that the entire Jesse Eisenberg's entire character arc is the same other than him being um, brother, sister with Ellie. Like, other than that, like all the wrestling stuff happens, everything at the end with like um, Milo's character and um, like Zipper and the girl he's interested in, all of that stuff exists. Um, and the so- the late night stuff with Christina Ricci exists, and then um, the final showdown is similar ish. Um, all the Judy Greer stuff remains the same, but she's revealed as the alpha instead of the beta in that final scene. So. I don't I don't want to say never say never that like a better cut of this movie might get released because obviously we know Nightbreed was eventually released like in its like true form eventually Exorcist 3 mm-hmm. like got the Legion cut released if we got a gore um, cut of Taming the T-Rex I fully believe that I can get a craving cut or close for cursed <laughs> yeah 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 like obviously we can't get a craving cut of 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 uh cursed because unfortunately craven's no longer with us um but i definitely believe that that one day we could probably see like a version that's as close to that vision as possible um my only concern with it though is that like it's the weinsteins man i mean they're like the reason dogma hasn't seen a release since like 2008 um we're finally starting to kind of have their hands on something they don't really let it go yeah we're finally Mm -hmm. starting to see that stuff to get let go though because they had to sell everything and so there there's like a bunch of legal stuff that's why it took so long for another scream movie to get announced and for them to even release the scream three season three television show um really yeah Mm because the wine scenes owned it like a majority share it was like basically they own, you know, like 60% of the rights and then 40% of the rights were to someone else. And so it took a while. It, it takes some like legal sorting to figure out like who's going to make money off of it, essentially. Um, and so I, I mean, I think the big thing is like Scream obviously is their first priority because it's Scream and they know it's bankable. I don't know who at Lantern Media is like, okay, we really need to make some money off this cursed footage that we have. <laughs> So you joke about that, but I guarantee you if Scream Factory or someone announced, hey, we got a new cut of Curse coming out, I guarantee you that would like sell out like crazy. Oh, I know it would. And also if Scream Factory, if you're listening, if you don't ask me on for the commentary for that movie, we're breaking up. Like, I will be so upset with you. <laughs> I, they're they're 100% a company I could see getting their hands on this and like going like, oh, check out what we got. <laughs> They're like the only company I could um, I, see really, really trying to get this. Yeah, especially because, c- c- come on, they did the Nightbreed director's cut, another cut of a movie that they never thought would ever get released. Mm-hmm. They did the Tammy the T-Rex, um, too. Which, no, that was a Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, that was Vinegar. You're right, right. And then they released it on Shutter. They also do fantastic work. Um, I... I wouldn't put it past them to try and do cursed either. Um, the point, the point being is I, I definitely think there's a market for like that true, true vision or like the closest approximation. And I definitely think like with like stuff like the Snyder cut, like being made that stuff like that is sort of bankable. Oh, mm. the Snyder. Cut. Um, mm. 
<laughs> like not bankable like in that way but bankable of like hey let's revisit this terrible movie and try and make some yeah. money off of it yeah. I mean I've never heard of Curse though like I've never heard anyone talk about it or have seen it that's you haven't Anything. been friends with me on Twitter long enough don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I mean like in the so, real world like outside of y'all's world curse does not exist to people we don't know what this is and for good reason it doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> um but me being a diehard Wes Craven fan um I own almost all of his movies on on Blu-ray um this is like one of like two that I don't own and it's because I'm holding out for like that, like oh, true cut release. Um, when did he die? But yeah, I didn't know he was dead. He, he it was died. Two, uh, I was. Let's see. I still worked at GameStop, so it had to be at least like seven of years ago. Of course, worked at GameStop. I feel <laughs> like it was 2013, 2014, somewhere. Twenty fifteen. Oh. Okay. He died. He died August thirtieth, twenty fifteen. I was wondering why he wasn't directing the new movie. Um, that that is why. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to take a tangent and like voice out my opinion on the fact that because like a lot of people are like, oh, oh, it's not Wes Craven doing Scream. It's not going to be true to it, true to the form. I a hundred percent believe that he would have approved of Radio Silence taking the reins on that franchise. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he approved um, of the television show. Like, yeah, I mean, like he was he was not one to tell people no don't touch this this is mine i mean he definitely could be a little sassy i mean let's not forget the line in scream you know um about nightmare about how the the first one's good and then the rest all suck (laughs) because because bob cut him out of them you know but i think i think wes was a respect guy right and i think um bob shea disrespected wes and that's why he got bitter about the nightmare franchise um you know, when they pitched Scream to him, like he was very much on board. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. If if yeah, if Nev approves, um, I think Wes would approve because Nev always said she wouldn't be involved if Wes wasn't. I yeah, it's it's crazy that they got like absolutely everybody involved. I'm like, oh, that that movie fully has like everybody's blessing. I'm like dying to get my hands on that script, but it's like under such lock and key that I think it's probably going to be impossible right now. You don't want to ruin the the surprise. No, but I do. Though. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to tell anyone. No. But I want to. I want to read a Williamson script in 2020. <laughs> It's been a while, um, but I'm not going to do speculate. I'm not going to do speculation or anything just because I want people to be surprised. But I will say that I'm very excited. I kind of hope that like with Craven gets a little bit of a resurgence with that new movie. Mm-hmm. I think it could. That's why your cursed dreams might come true because maybe because of that movie. Maybe. Listen, I need. I know it's already on Blu-ray, but like I need to see the liar like moment in HD on the biggest TV I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, anybody, uh, Kayla, you got any closing thoughts on Curse? Wait, so we or- like Jesse Eisenberg in that role, or we don't like Jesse Eisenberg in that role? I like him. I like Jesse Eisenberg. I am a Eisenberg apologist. Not I in general. I mean, in this role. Oh, I I thought he was one of the better cast members in this movie. Yes. 
<laughs> I can't I can't think of anyone else yeah. to play it. So I mean, and I think it's also um one of those things where I don't know, like I saw it. It's hard for me to remove myself from seeing it at the time, right? So at the time, like I didn't know anything about Jesse Eisenberg. Like this was his first role for me. So like mm-hmm. for me, this is where Jesse Eisenberg starts. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what, what, well, what do you, what about you, Kayla? Like, who would you who would you have liked to seen like in that role, like at that I time? I just I wouldn't want it to go to somebody like Jesse Jesse Eisenberg. Like everything Jesse Eisenberg says sounds condescending, and that's not a problem because it works. But I would have wanted someone more like scrawny, shy. I guess like someone who's like scrawny shy and in the end is like really hot and confident type of thing. Michael Sarah. <laughs> no, 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 Just someone who's like, who's like actually like, I don't know, just someone shyer. I would, I would have the role as somebody like the role in general, just be someone like less Jesse Eisenberg, you know, it's what almost I mean? like, Milo could have pulled that role off actually really well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was like okay. shy at first and then he's like tough guy in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also Milo, that was, I love him. I watched Gilmore Girls. So that was fun for me, but I didn't like the main guy, the boyfriend. I don't know who that actor is, but I did not like him. That's Joshua Jackson, um, who was on Dawson's Creek. He was Pacey on Dawson's Creek, which was also written. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Everybody loves Joshua Jackson. Me me included. Maybe I'm too young. I never watched Dawson's Creek, but he's not my cup of tea. And 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 I think and I think that's where the movie like kind of stands in this weird space and like the horror community is that like it's a very flash in the pan you kind of had to be there type mm-hmm. movie i think that makes sense yeah because i feel like like so it's scream like ski ulrich like appeals to everybody you know but joshua jackson i don't know i don't know about that one I'm you might like honest. him now older he was in that show the affair every everyone thought he was like a, a smoke show in that show i didn't i didn't watch it really? but i heard he I mean, he has aged very well. I can tell from pictures. I haven't seen him act in anything lately, but I heard he was very good in it. Interesting. <laughs> Man, I, I feel like this was like the brief era where like Shannon Elizabeth was like kind of in everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the mid 2000s were interesting. The aughts were interesting for horror movies in general. Oh, I love them. I wouldn't trade them for the nope. world. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's. My uh, whole column at Bloody Disgusting is defending Ott's horror movies. So, 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 I gotta know. I gotta know before we move on. What is the best Ott's horror movie in your opinion? The best Ott's horror movie. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. like overall, the best is probably The Ring. I mean, it's hard to. I think it's hard to argue with with that one. Um, I mean, I'm going through. I've been, you know, going through the two. I obviously like do research for the column, and I've been like. I get excited to talk about a lot of movies. Like we had a lot of, I mean, the final Des- final destination was in the aughts. Um, I mean, scream three and four are in the aughts. Scream four might be right out of the aughts actually. Um, four is right. What out is of the, the aughts? aughts? In 2011. What is that? It, it's 2000 through 2009. 
or when, who called who started calling it the aughts i've never heard that in my life <laughs> it's spelled a-u-g-h-t um i i really? don't know yeah i don't know it's because ought means zero so it was called the aughts because it was okay. the 2000s okay I um, heard of that. <laughs> yeah uh i would say it's uh i mean the strangers is in there but uh the ring i think if we're going for pure like just like great movie um i think it it would have to be the ring don't quote me it could be different at the end oh, yeah. of you know 10 years of, of research but uh right now that's what stands out nope too Damn late it. <laughs> done cemented i um yeah i'm gonna send it to the production company that does the ring and go like put this on the back of your blu-ray really re-release i'm okay with that actually <laughs> um, put it on my gravestone the ring best you know what you are be- you you are getting quoted a lot lately in marketing so it could happen <laughs> fingers crossed if i got quoted on the ring that'd be like a, a pipe dream it's one of my favorite horror movies it was you know i mean again i saw that when it came out in theaters so oh yeah well, if you guys are ready, um, we can we can move out of the aughts with our next movie. Just, just barely. Um, <laughs> yeah, barely. So movie number two this week is The Howling Reborn from 2011. The movie, the movie is directed by Joe Nimziki, written by him and James Robert Johnston. The movie stars Landon, Landon Liberian and Lindsay Shaw. The film was released direct to video, so I have no box office numbers for you this week. Positioned as a teen reboot of Joe Dante's The Howling, the movie currently sits at a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Although, I put in the notes that I do love this movie. Um, Kayla, what are your thoughts on The Howling? Yeah, Kayla, I have I'm to really go interested first. in your thoughts. Yeah, I want to hear. I'm really uh, addicted. I was just wondering why Ryan picked it. Is <laughs> the whole time um but other than wondering why ryan picked this movie i was like oh yeah it's twilight backwards um so there's that uh there's so much dialogue like it doesn't it doesn't even just match up storyline wise like the dialogue is the same as in twilight and the coloring so that was interesting (laughs) I don't understand. I would like to know what the deal was with that of just straight up copying Twilight but making it backwards. Um, other than that, I like Landon because he he was. I actually used to watch him in 2011. That's when I was watching him on Degrassi. So he was he was a big thing for me, and when I was younger. So that was enjoyable. Other than that weird but i did like <laughs> i did like the um the the werewolf designs i thought they were they were scary looking so that's all i have to say <laughs> listen ryan come right up to the stand right now we need to hear why you selected this movie. um yeah okay so this is the eighth and so far final installment in the howling franchise which if you are familiar with the howling franchise like it is nonsensical it bounces all over the place none of them really have anything to do with the other ones except werewolves at some point um and so my favorite genre of horror is slashers right um but part of that is because i love teen drama and so like slashers are basically teen drama horror movies um so this movie is basically teen drama werewolf movie 
which is my shit. Um, and um, I again like I like werewolves. I like teen drama. Um, this movie, like, I recognize fully that it is not good. Um, it is like, and but it is so. I'm so I'm rewatching Gossip Girl right now. Right. Me and, too. Yes. What season are you on? Hell yeah. on I think three. I'm on like season three. Ah! Yes. Um, but like the the mellow drama and camp of Gossip Girl, like so much when I was watching this, I was like, yep, this is just like a teen drama. Because like they're saying things and like, it's funny because like what you accept in movie form and what you accept in long format, right? Because when you watch something for three seasons, you get used to the characters and then you're like, yeah, this is just like same with Gilmore Girls or Dawson's Creek or any of those shows where it's like, this is just how they talk and like we're used to it and it's like part of the world, right? But a lot of the times in movies, we don't forgive it as much because it's crammed into, let's say in this instance, an hour and 12 minutes. It's barely a movie. Um, but there's just something about like the melodrama and the camp, like the, his narration is all so like purple and like saccharine, like just so over the top and like dramatic. And I love it so much. Like I love that drama. And then it's just like absurd, right? There's like a rave underground and like, there's this high school that is like a giant building with a church in it. And it's, <laughs> completely nonsensical and a hundred percent like also like his dad doesn't remember the woman that he had his like she she barely looks different like there's so many things where i'm like this doesn't make any sense but i love it because it's ridiculous um i don't know i love like the misdirect with Lindsay shaw um and then like kayla said the kind of like reverse twilight you know this is like 2011 so probably made in 2010 which is just two years after the twilight movie hit so they were definitely trying to get in on that like that whole teen romance monster but it wasn't just similar to twilight they like imitated the dialogue too oh i'm sure they ripped stuff straight out of twilight like a straight to dvd movie directed by joe nobody like i mean sorry joe like no offense to you but um like they (laughs) probably were sitting there like they probably like watched twilight like now do this, but just werewolves. And they're like, okay. And so, I don't know, like, and, and, and re-watching it, I will say, like, again, I watched it when it came out, so some things weren't as noticeable, but, like, this time around, I'll say, I'm like, man, those cell phone graphics and those explosion graphics are bad. Um, but I agree, like, I think the werewolves are cool looking. Like, we get a decent amount of werewolf stuff. I love the werewolf battle at the end. Um like where there's all three of them and like i like the whole like she's the alpha and they have their pack um i don't know i just again it feels so much like a teen drama to me that that's my jam and so i just had a lot of fun with it and also when you were like hey let's talk about world movies i was i decided i was you know i could have gotten dog soldiers or ginger snaps or even like wolfman and i was like no we're gonna go howling eight and, and, and the irony in that is that I am a huge Howling fan and I own the entire series in some capacity. You picked the one I haven't seen. Wow. <laughs> it was meant to be. I, knew I had to finish up your collection. So I remember when you like DM'd me the ones that you were picking, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to finally cross this off my list. Like it's just been looming over my head that I was like, I should probably really get around to watch that Howling reboot. Um, I I 
I fucking loved it. Um, like 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 I said before the show, I I had DM'd Ryan like right away, going like, "This is terrible and awful, but this is extremely my jam." It's like almost the not only Twilight, but it's almost the Scream formula applied to werewolves. Um, and I was super into that. Also, um, growing up, I watched uh, Ned's Declassified on Nickelodeon, and the fact that it has Moe's in this movie, I was like, I couldn't unsee mm-hmm. it. So, like, to me, it played off like a spinoff of that in my mind, and I couldn't detach it, so it just kind of hung over my head as I watched it. But uh, this movie is, like, we 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 talked about like cursed being like the perfect storm of just terribleness but this is not the perfect storm of terribleness this is just all around terribleness that that this is a movie i will gladly put on in the background while i'm writing when i don't have to focus on anything mm-hmm. um yeah and it affect and this was like the first howling movie since like 1995 and it also has killed the franchise to like this very day. God. Like they haven't done <laughs> Wait, anything so what's, since. What's up with um like werewolves being me or killing people? Because I'm used to werewolves being nice guys. I watched Teen Wolf and Twilight and all that, and they're nice people. So what's up with that? Uh that's a big question Any to tackle. Theory, theories? Um, <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> If you ever get the chance um, to go back and read Paul Lay's article from the first issue of We Are Horror, I'm going to plug here. Um, he wrote about werewolves as an uh, analogy for bisexuals. Um, mm. And so I think that werewolves are often seen as like the other, right? And so a lot of the times, and this is applies to a lot of the monster genre in general, but especially werewolves because they have that interesting dynamic of of passing as human. Um, I think that a lot of the times they do become murderous because it 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 comes from alienation, um, and it's it's a little bit of vengeance, honestly. Um, which is why I think a lot of the times we do see werewolves that are more prone to violence than prone to heroics even though in this we do get both uh but i think like if i had to guess um off the top of my head i would say that's probably a big reason why so 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 yeah i I was i was gonna chime in and go like you want to talk about vampires being gay i always kind of viewed werewolves as like a metaphor for like repressed homosexuality Mm -hmm. um that no matter how much you try to hold that back it just comes to a head to a boiling point um yeah and and also there's like i think the universal monster movies always establish that like oh werewolves are on the hunt for humans to pass along the curse and keep it going um that's that's a surface level just like observation yeah um and it's like and it's like if it ain't broke if the lore ain't broke don't fix it so i feel like a lot of movies just carry that like same idea going forward um the howling dude that that original movie is is fucking great I, yeah i love the original <laughs> um, howling. i i still so. like it's such like uh i mean i i like uh werewolf um american werewolf better but 
God, Landis is such a douche. Like, it makes it really hard to, like, care about that movie sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to see. Yeah, definitely. It is. I was going to bring that up. Um, it was announced in January of this year that Netflix is remaking wow. it from the director of It. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, um, I have it. Is that Howling always right with teenagers now. or? No. No. This was like the only one. I think teen- I think werewolves work best with teenagers. I think it's so fun. Yeah, so it was announced this year that the director of It is remaking The Howling for Netflix, which is low-key in my mind, a match made in heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah. I bet he gets... That I, one guy, I, he gets in everything to play like a monster. Um, the one who does like the wonderful like body horror stuff. That... Oh yeah, um, that that'd be great. Honestly, um, I I definitely see why the series went on a hiatus after this because I felt like this movie, The Howling Reborn, was like positioned to start a series, but it just never happened. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, this almost seems like it could be like pilot for a tv I, show right yes it does which which is ironic because wasn't teen wolf on mtv not long yes, after this it yeah. was <laughs> but way better i mean teen wolf was written really good like not even yeah it's oh it was the it was the same year um, i'm googling yeah, it right same now year. it must have been a hot year for teens and 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 uh well i mean like i said well because know. twilight twilight came out and yeah yeah. because because twilight and they're like we have the teen vampires already let's do let's see if we can apply it to like different monsters like vampire diaries right around the same time um Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. yeah teen wolf well i'll give teen wolf credit though like teen wolf has episodes where i actually am like scared like it does horror really well it does and the lore in teen wolf is so fun like it's it really all connects and I like that they dig into like different different lore than just werewolves. So there's so many different horror aspects of it. Yeah. So good. Like really past season three and past it, they really start branching into like multicultural lore and they explore a lot a lot of like Irish and Japanese and it's really cool. It's so fun. I miss that show. Listen, y'all y- y'all are really selling me on watching Teen Wolf in the year it's of our good. Lord 2020. You know what? The, the uh, CGI is really good. Yeah, the CG holds up. Unlike this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I no, just want to recommend, uh, Ryan, since you brought up this movie because of teen drama, I would like you to watch Zombies in Zombies 2. Oh, um, you know what? My best friend actually just recommended those to me, too. No way! Okay, like, Zombies does not, the first one does not include what you're looking for, but it's still really good. But then you go to two, and it has werewolves. So, oh, I'm sold. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of, one, I'm a big fan of uh, Disney Channel original movies, and uh, two, okay. aren't they musicals? Yes, it's a musical. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, that's uh, that's like so like on brand for me. So I will totally watch those. Yes, it's they're insane. And then so they in two they bring in the werewolves, and then at the end of two, it's insinuated that the next movie is supposed to have aliens. So I'm throwing this out there. Um, 
werewolves were real big at the time because also 2010 gave us the wolfman mm-hmm. remake with benicio del toro mm. so I, I i'm gonna wrap around back to twilight and go like yo that thing brought monsters back into pro- popularity reset. again Cultural i think reset. literally mm-hmm. it's yeah, crazy did i also mm-hmm. also rick baker still works in hollywood um please get him for the howling reboot or, or like a modern werewolf movie also in the howling reboot can we get like, a werewolf playing baseball scene Oh my god! <laughs> no, they have to play basketball. Oh like yeah, no, you're so smart. That's right. That's the way we should go. But I need it set to Muse. It doesn't have to be Supermassive Black Hole, but I do need a Muse song. No, it should be a a plug-in baby. What? Like uh, that Muse I don't song? Know that one? No, but now have you heard I'm that gonna, one? I have pulled it up. Oh, yeah, I'll I'm send it to you to later. Okay. Wait. I just I need you to imagine werewolves playing basketball to that, jumping like ten feet up in the oh, air and yes, slam dunking. Now I'm so excited for something that's never gonna happen, but like still super excited for it. <laughs> you don't even appreciate okay. the lacrosse. Um, oh, I do. No, I do. Yeah, 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 I do appreciate it. That, wait, wait. Yes. Wait, there's yes. lacrosse and oh lacrosse. yeah, and they switch the sport. Ten. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm sold. I will watch it once I'm done. <laughs> oh, also self-edit uh, real quick. But Sorry, any, um, any... it was not an article by Paul A. in that issue. It was Anthony Grimuglia. I just wanted to talk. I, oh, I don't, want to credit the, don't want to credit the wrong writer. Thank damn. you. Damn, damn right. Damn magazine, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Good Lord. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, but um, do you guys have any last thoughts on the Howling Reborn? I know this one turned into a lot of tangents, but I also feel like it's what Ryan said. It's like barely a movie, so I didn't have much to say on this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> just like if you're if you're looking for that teen monster horror drama like stuff, this is right up your alley. And I do I do appreciate that like it's straight to DVD. So what do we get? Like we get the kind of straight to DVD actors. It's like they're just recognizable enough that you'll be like, oh, I know them, but it's still not quite like cursed where you're getting like CW cast actors. Like it's, you know, Landon from Degrassi and uh and Lindsay from uh Ned's Declassified or uh Ten Things I Hate About You, the TV show. Yeah. Well, on that note, um sorry for subjecting you to this stuff this week, Kayla, okay. but I, I, I think it I was, was obsessed well with worth Declan it. in Degrassi, <laughs> so it works because I was yeah i love him fair enough um before we move forward uh, we want to take a word to read a message from our sponsor folks do you love movies the good ones even the bad ones everyone told you not to like it sounds like super yaki is the place for you the team at super yaki loves movies so much that they've decided to dedicate every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them from super soft t-shirts advocating for the immediate production of a third national treasure to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even offer top quality enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you wearable love letters to the movies and filmmakers you love. Plus the team at Super Yaki screen prints all of their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. 
As a special gift to you listeners, you can save 10% on your order with code SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch Yay. more movies. Yay, Superyaki. <laughs> yeah, sh- Yay. shout out. Yeah, sh- shout out to them for always representing. <laughs> yes, the true. That has been like multiple times that we have like brought up like Judy Greer on this podcast because we did that with the Halloween then, episode too. And then her- I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's intentional, but you know. Mm-hmm. Also, I do. I do love how like Blumhouse makes movies like on the cheap, and they look that good. Yeah, it's ridiculous, actually. Like, like I think that studios still haven't figured yeah, it out kind of blows my mind. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, we're over here hearing that like HBO Max is dropping seventy million on the I Snyder mean, Cut. I mean, literally, we're over here talking about how Curse cost one hundred and thirty-five million dollars. <laughs> how it does not look like it costs that much. That's what, that's what happens. Well, Kayla, let me. When you, let, uh... yeah, that's what happens when you make the make the same movie oh, four yeah, different times. Oh man. Um. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on to our last movie before we get insanely off topic. Um. This movie I had, could not find much information on, so I did my best. So bear with me. Last film we're covering today is Where, directed by William Brent Bell, written by himself and Matthew Peterson. The film stars AJ Cook and Brian Scott O'Connor. The film currently sits at a thirty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um. This this one was interesting. I'm excited to hear the takes from you guys on this one. Uh, Kayla, you want to lead yeah, us off? Yeah, I think this was the best of the films we watched this week. Um, there's a lot of interesting themes going on um, that I'm still wrapping my head around. Because um, obviously this, this one in particular is not just a werewolf movie. Um, there's other things um, they're insinuating. Uh, I think it's interesting the government involvement. It kind of like at first it reminded me of that one case in France where I think I don't know much about it, so don't quote me. But like there's like that girl, that um, college girl that was accused of murder, and she didn't actually murder her roommate or something, and they kept her there and stuff like that. Um, wrongly kept her there. Um, it kind of reminded me of that at first. Uh, I was really surprised when it was revealed that the main guy is actually is actually a werewolf. Like they really faked me out on that one because I I was believing that he wasn't. So I I liked that I was they were able to fake me out like that. Um, and I love AJ Cook because I watched Criminal Minds. Thought she was really great in this. And other than that, the only thing I had a problem with was like. In the beginning, they do, like, the found footage thing. And then it looked like they were going to do found footage throughout the... And then they decided not to. So, like, in some scenes, it looks like they're trying to act like there's a cameraman. And then other scenes, it's just normal. I don't know if you guys noticed that, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I really like this movie. It's very um, interesting. The distrust of, like, government and, like, the outsider themes of it so i like to hear what you guys have to think too yeah yeah ryan uh i i'm sorry to call you out so much but i am um 
I, I really want to know why you, you brought this up because I had seen this, but I hadn't heard anybody talk about this. In yeah. Years. So where was another one that like when it came out, I really liked it. I mean, I try to catch I try to stay pretty current on horror movies. Um, I think it's just a byproduct of the field I'm in, honestly. Um, I'm also a Same. huge <laughs> Stay Alive apologist. And this is William Brent Bell, who did Stay Alive, which I love. Um, and so. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't like his other movies, actually, though. The Devil Inside is not my jam, and neither is, I think he did The Boy 2, which I really disliked. But, um, yeah, one I One and both. two. Uh, um, he did both. I know a lot of, a oh, lot of people like the first one. I like one. that first it, one, but that's a topic for another day. Um, but I liked, <laughs> you know, I like fresh takes on things, um, and so I felt like this was a really <laughs> different kind of take. Like Kayla said, like, they do... It's interesting with the found footage stuff. I think they were definitely tapping found footage and it this is post the found footage era, right? Like the the paranormal activity boom um that happened like when we saw all those mm-hmm. movies and I also think it's part of Brent Bell um his entire filming technique in general because like I said he did Devil Inside which was also found footage so it's a genre that he's comfortable with. Um but like, let's see, Paranormal Activity was 2007, so this would be like right at the tail end, the tail end of that like that boom that happened. And so I think he was kind of transitioning out, and so he was still utilizing it for parts where he thought it could be effective. So I do think like that family vacation, like how else do you show that scene realistically? Like if you're trying not to do flashbacks, if you're trying to stay in the moment, because it is pieced together like a crime procedural, right? So he he doesn't want to do like we're realistically following these two main characters. And so I think that was more, how can we show this in these ways? And then I think later it kind of does found footage stuff so that it can play around with budget. Um, Because when Mm. you have a lower budget, sometimes those special effects are harder to do. So when our main or when our like villain is like doing these like incredible feats of athleticism and strength sometimes it's easier when you can fudge it using a grainy stock like grainy footage and like you know that's when it cuts and like all the statics happening and stuff so i think it's just a budget thing um to make up for the budget they didn't have to maybe go full special effects when they wanted to but um i just really love like again like kayla said the fake out like you really do think like oh that like it like you know, watching it, I even remember the first time watching it, I was like, oh, there is a werewolf, but they think it's this guy. And like, he has this condition that, you know, looks like, um, lycanthropy. And then we're going to find out like, there's another werewolf or something. And it wasn't this guy, but then like the fake out of like, no, it is this guy, which I, I like, actually, I think they do it well. Um, like when they induce the seizure and like everything kind of goes haywire, especially after growing like sympathetic Mm -hmm. for this character, I think it's like a really good turnaround on the film. Um, and then I just, I feel like it's a lot different than anything we've ever seen in the werewolf genre. Uh, we get this like kind of, you know, like I said, crime procedural psychological breakdown. I mean, it's all kind of, you know, I don't know, like mumbo jumbo science, obviously. Like it feels very, I'm a huge comic book fan too. And I'm like, this is comic book science. Like if I've ever seen it. Um, but I enjoy that about it. And um, I, I like, I enjoy the showdown at the end. I think like all the stuff, I think the, like our main bad guy is like 
actually really scary. I like that he doesn't like have a full werewolf transformation, but he gets like, you know, the elongated nails and teeth and kind of like, you know, like you can tell that him and the character that turns, they play them down so they don't look like as ripped um, before their transformation. So that when they're all like um, bulked out, they look like more muscular. Um, so I just think it's like really smart and very different and also just didn't get like, I, I think it didn't get like the credit that it deserves. Cause I do like 39% is very low. Um, Cause I think it's very competently made. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there's definitely parts. It's not like, you know, Oh my God, an amazing movie. There's nothing in there. Like that's really going to blow your mind. But like, and this is, you know, a whole tangent about how, movie reviewers don't respect horror and people who don't review horror movies probably shouldn't review horror movies um on like that level but that's a whole different thing um but yeah that's i mean that's why i brought it because i was like this is a really fun werewolf movie it's a very different take and like for some reason no one ever talks about it so i wanted to bring it up because i think it deserves a little more recognition and i like the twist on the werewolf mythology like whereas in where we we did Kirsten Howling, where we get full-blown monster werewolf transformations. This one plays it a little closer to the chest and like they like as close as a werewolf movie could be to be based in realism. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's kind of what I took away from it. Um growing up, obviously I grew up in a Latina household, so I know about those infamous uh werewolf men of Mexico. Um those guys who had the birth defect where they grew hair all over and uh the design in this movie was really evocative of that to me. Um, so, so just to like kind of reiterate and agree with you guys, I did like how it was like kind of like based around realism almost. Um, but then really plays into the fantasy aspect right at the end. Um, two, I did not even realize that AJ cook was in this movie, especially being like a pretty big final destination fan. Um, I haven't watched I, so I know that for in those... a while. Is she in all of them? No. She is the okay. lead in two. Like Final Destination 2. But uh um, well, I was gonna say you I gonna say right? connection either. And like at all. And I'm a Final Destination <laughs> fan as well, and I still like didn't even make that connection. I don't know my one. Yeah. It, I, I think I think what it was is that like in Final Destination two she's a brunette and like almost everything else she's in she's a blonde. That makes sense. Yeah. But uh, but I I really I really do love her performance in this movie. I'm a sucker for movies that are done like especially horror movies that are done like criminal procedurals like uh, Scott Derrickson's uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Like that's a movie I love because it's done in that style, and those movies are honestly not that mm. common. And. I- um, they're like once in a Did blue moon. Did you see Derrickson's like. "Deliver Us from Evil"? Yeah, "Deliver Us from Evil." Yes, yeah, I, I like that one, one too. I really like, and that's another one that Uh-oh. like kind of fits that format. And it like shouldn't work. Like you think it wouldn't work, but they do when they're done right. And I think this one like fits into that fold. See, see, because yeah, because honestly, crime procedurals are based in some some level of realism, right? And um horror people don't like when like they try to justify the supernatural or like horrific events but i think it kind of makes it sometimes a little bit more intriguing like um i like that this was a werewolf movie that i could actually buy into the idea of almost Mm -hmm. happening 
like like it'd be like one of those things that you would share like on twitter going like yo check out this article of this like werewolf man case that i found from a couple years back and i think Uh, it's like it's yeah it just has like some cool stand like the moment where he jumps out of the window and you think he's gonna like eat it and like and then he lands i think that's a super like effective moment um like i really like that um so i think it does have like some standout scenes that that really work for the movie and and i i like william brent bell as well um i'm actually kind of stoked he just signed on to do that new orphan movie. oh is that him yeah he's doing uh the orphan prequel that just got wow. announced wow interesting so so even now you're still getting movies from him and obviously stay alive is like a, a favorite of mine as well just because of like the time and place of when that movie happened but i think i think honestly he's a pretty competent horror director that i feel like kind of isn't in the conversation enough when we talk about like modern horror directors he's obviously not like the best or like cream of the crop but he does some pretty competent stuff yeah he definitely well and um, like i feel like everyone but me likes the first boy so um so i'm kind of like a little i think he really soured people with the devil inside because that movie is bad and the ending is atrocious like literally one of the worst endings to a horror movie i so my friends used to always take me to see horror movies on my birthday and my birthday is january 6th so first week of january it's always a really crappy horror movie that came out and we went and saw the devil inside and it ended and it said to get the rest of the story, oh. go to this website. I was fucking bad. Like that's not his fault. Like I know that, but still it's just like he I think that movie just soured people. Uh, did you get to see Hanzo and Gretel, witch hunter? The fact in that that was one of my favorite January. And did you see Texas? I Chainsaw did. 3D? <laughs> okay. That is the one I have the best memories. Associated I love that. I just with. like was able to rattle off all these January I, horror movies it's a thing like people are all like oh the idea of like crappy horror movies coming down in january is like no more i'm like i beg to differ um they're like some of them are great though like i am a texas chainsaw 3d oh, apologist it's probably my second um, favorite movie I in the love, franchise. I, it is fun yeah as and i love hansel Gretel witch hunters like uh, i think that movie is ridiculous but it's super yeah. like campy fun mm-hmm. and uh going back to devil inside and whatnot i i agree with you i don't think that movie was necessarily his fault i think the studio just butchered the hell out of that movie which which is crazy that like this is getting brought up so much how like studios really butcher horror movies um i feel like the studio that did this one um film district probably didn't want to butcher it which is probably why it got a very Mm -hmm. muted release um because I can count on like one hand uh, the people that I know that have actually I've seen heard this of movie. It, so. Yeah, it just kind of snuck out, and like it was on Shutter for a minute, but you know Shutter's rotating like catalog; it, it's not on Shutter anymore. So um, I know it's kind of a, like it's one of those ones that I think will get its comeuppance sooner or later. Like we're you, you know when when it will probably when we get Ryan Gosling's Wolfman like and everyone gets all hype on werewolf stuff, we'll probably mm-hmm. see a lot of people mentioning this one. So so that was going to be a segue in our last topic, but since you brought it up, um since you brought it up already with with like that news 
do we think that werewolf movies could potentially make a comeback? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're going to see monster movies make a comeback in general. Um, yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. not necessarily creature features, like more like the universal roster of monsters, because I think really Lee's Invisible Man movie is kicking us off in this really strong direction. Because how many times have they tried this now? You know? Um, I Frankenstein. Literally this entire literally this entire episode is dedicated to somebody trying to respect yeah, the uh, Wolfman. Exactly. And like ha- like I Frankenstein, um, Dracula Untold, uh Tom Cruise's The Mummy, you know, they had a whole dark universe announced. Like they've mm-hmm. tried so many times and it's just like fallen flat. And I think finally universal realized to hand it to uh actual horror studio to handle horror pro- uh, properties and the horror studio knows what they're doing and they're like people don't care i mean every once in a while you get lightning in a bottle right and you get the mummy from the 90s which everyone loves and like it was a huge blockbuster movie and it just happened to also be like a horror movie that is a direct remake of the universal classic but that is few and far between and i think what lee did it um showed that people still do care about these movies when they're done competently um so i don't think werewolves necessarily although no matter what we're going to see people try to ape it right like it's just a byproduct of hollywood i think so I think we will see some werewolf movies come out of it, but more than anything, because, you know, they also announced Karen Kusama's Dracula movie. Um, and then the Nosferatu reboot has been talked about forever. It was supposed to be Eagers, and he backed out of it. Um, oh, I didn't hear that he backed out of it. Me yeah, cried. he did. Mm-hmm. He decided to go the Northmen. He's doing instead. the Yeah. The Northmen. And then, like, no, right? yeah. yeah. And then no one, like, he's like he said he literally has a quote where he says everyone would expect me to do nosferatu so like he essentially backed out of the project um and no one's like tagged onto it yet but i think we're gonna see a resurgence in this re i think we're just gonna see a lot of these like classics re-examined and told through the lens of people who should have been telling the stories to begin with like not that james whale isn't someone who should have been telling those stories but like I just think we're going to see a modern take on a lot of those movies and it's going to be important. Like, you know, Invisible Man, if you guys haven't seen it yet, is like very much about like gaslighting and um, and, and toxic masculinity, you know, which is a really important issue. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of these movies redone with that modern lens. So maybe not Wolfmen necessarily, but definitely Monsters would be my guess. Yeah. It's seen it, Ryan. We covered it oh, on there our you go. Okay, episode. good. Yeah, I never want to like, <laughs> never want to spoil. So, so, yeah this 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 show is a big fan of the Invisible Man. I did. As yeah, as one everyone of the only movies be. I saw in theaters this year. Yay! <laughs> that is <laughs> depressing because it was a, it was a Valentine's Day release. I I missed the movies. Oh yeah, shit! It, it was. was yeah it's not alone in oh place, man so. um. <laughs> um but i feel well, like uh i feel like i want to see more nice werewolf movies <laughs> yeah i don't know i it was really jarring for me to see them as killers not that i haven't seen 
you know, vicious werewolves, but the norm is not for werewolves to be vicious in my mind. So, yeah. mm, and that was a little tidbit I wanted to bring out, uh, bring up about where is that I think that was on the tail end of like trying to make these monsters like teen focused. Mm. And it was like almost a back to the basics of like, nah, we're going to make these werewolves vicious again. But that one's even because in where, yes, he's vicious, but out of good reason, question mark. Mm -hmm. So for where for me, I, I, I liked it was a lot more palatable for me to see him go off the rails like that because I was like, um. Obviously, you shouldn't kill people in revenge, but I was like, you know what? Like, I understand where, like, why. Um, but with Cursed and the other one, Howling, I was like, why are these werewolves just, like, so, I don't know, murdery for no reason? <laughs> so, for where I was understanding, because I was like, he's a good guy. At the end of the day, he's still a good guy, in my mind. So... On that note, do you guys have any 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 last thoughts on where and or just werewolf movies in general? Um, watch more werewolf movies and go watch yeah. where. Uh, it's like three bucks to rent on Amazon, um, or maybe it'll go back to Shutter one day. But if you haven't seen where, go see it and then go watch more werewolf movies. Uh, the Wolf of oh crap! This is what happens when you watch too many movies. The Wolf Wolf of Snow, Snow Hollow this year too, which is a really um, also a different take and a really fun movie. It is in my top what? five this year, and I doubt it's going to leave. I never that heard area. where where did this release? Who's in it? So it released to video on demand, and it is uh, directed by and written by uh, Jim Cummings, who also stars in it. And uh, to reiterate what Ryan said, I won't talk about spoilers, obviously, because I know like a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, it is a very, very different take on the werewolf genre as a whole. It's also like high key, one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. Um, it, it, it's a who I really love it. I think it balances horror and comedy so well. And the cast is super great. Okay. In it. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you a trailer once uh once we we're done recording. <laughs> but but I yeah, like I said, not exaggerating. Movies in my top five. I don't see it leaving that spot either. Wait, who's Jim coming? He's like an Who? indie writer, director, so, actor. Okay. Yes, he did a. I don't know if he ever saw Thunder no. Road. That's um like one of the only things I, he's done but thunder road is really good that's too. why and i got confused because at first winnie the pooh came up oh yeah because there's the actor who does winnie the pooh is also yeah, named Jim Cummings. <laughs> but yes oh i'll check it out yeah but i i have to reiterate show more support for werewolf movies i love werewolf movies i have a wolf tattooed on me um yeah, I have the big bad wolf tattooed on me. So you're like, gonna go watch on. zombies too after Just, this, Rena? Probably, yes. You know what? You know what? I suggest so much to you I'm that I will watch, watch whatever you suggest to me. Yay! 
I gotta Adam finish Zombie. Troy because for some reason yeah. I started that movie and it's three fucking hours long, but um, <laughs> I'd never Holy seen it and it shit. popped up on my I Netflix. It was like, you might like Troy. I was like, sure. And then I put it in and it was like two hours and 40 something minutes. I was like, what the fuck? Why is this movie this long? Um, but I did start that. What is that quote? What is that quote that everyone says from that movie? I'm trying to remember the one where like Brad Pitt like screams out. I, I I don't know. I love that movie too, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> um, well, this is the point in our show where we ask our where we ask our guests the same question every week until said movie gets released, and then at which point I have to find out a new question to ask everyone. But yes. uh, Ryan, um, who who would you like to see cast in the title role in Karin Kasama's upcoming adaptation of um... Dracula? Vanessa Kirby. Oh shit. That's fire. Um, it's high time we get a female Dracula and she is a fucking badass. <laughs> she has proven that she is a badass in Fast and Furious and in Mission Impossible. She has proven that she can act very, very well in the crown and in the upcoming pieces of a woman. Um, I think that she would absolutely murder that role. So so we have had a gender bent answer before, and the other one was uh, Gemma oh, Chan. Interesting. Okay. My my other one was, yeah, it was between so. Kirby and honestly, um, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Mm, yeah. I feel like mm, I'm not dig in that passing. one too. No. I feel like somebody has. I we've gotten so many answers, but I love like every answer we get. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm like keeping track of all the answers that have been said. So when like, so when the announcement does come out, I could be like, oh, I really, I it. think if anyone is going to gender bend uh, it, it's Kusama. Like, yeah, I would not be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. And then give Dracula husbands instead of wives. Like, the- mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. that'd be but then, interesting. But, 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 but <laughs> if Dracula. Yes. or make it yes. gay well i still want dracula to be gay i just want harker to be a woman too or mina could be a man or a woman uh, mina can stay a woman and then you know what have just... the husbands there because like the husbands i don't know i still think it's a power play make up make her buy i don't care yeah oh that makes sense yeah no they're all women and they all no, date I the end of it. with the way the wives were treated in the first dracula when i watched it so if we had men in the role said mm-hmm. i wouldn't have a problem with it yeah <laughs> also day. bisexual representation oh. i mean we just don't have enough of it bisexual ratio is a thing y'all yes so so given that answer do you want her dracula movie to be um do you want it to be a period piece or a modern um take? I don't want it to be the I'd be okay with it being more modern, but maybe not completely modern. Um, you know what? Give me Dracula in the 90s pre I'm, I want dial up Dracula, but um, sexy. Ryan, that's a little bit too close to Dracula 2000. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, that movie. <laughs> that movie, Which I, I love feelings about that movie. Um <laughs> Because Wes's name is attached to it, but it's not a Wes movie. And uh, oh yeah, it is attached. Yeah. I forgot. Um, about that. No, I would be. I would be cool with like. I think we've. Okay, and like you know, my feelings on Dracula is like 
I, I don't know where that hot take last week came out, like that Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula is not a good movie because that movie is a masterpiece. Yeah, insane. Yeah, insane. I was just like, <laughs> I am visibly angry. Yeah, that I was that like, take since was going when? Um, but like, I think that movie did exactly what, like, that's the best version of that take that we will get. Um, so I would be okay with like a more modern, uh, like up. Re- like a, a more modern retelling of that story because I think like that era has been handled numerous times and very well. And it's just not the times anymore. I don't think like for audiences, I think the mm-hmm. period piece, I think there was a period piece like rush like years before, but right now we're not in like a time where people are wanting to watch period pieces as much as before yeah because emma did not do numbers i don't want to talk about that i feel like little did little yeah. women do well <laughs> that's why i threw that out there I don't, yes, I mean, but greta, oh. uh, greta yes yeah i mean i know it's greta and that was a great movie but um yeah. I, I agree I, f- I feel like that one was like positioned yeah. to succeed it came out yeah. right at award season they had a hell of a marketing campaign. A yeah. great I cast. think, uh, you know, Hollywood's just like technology oh. or clothing. It's like cyclical, um, like mm-hmm. trends in technology, not actual technology, but like things are cyclical. And like, I think that we'll see, I agree, like a more modern, it's not the time. Like if any time it would have been when Penny Dreadful was out, right? Like that would have been the mm-hmm. time to do it. Um, and they did it, so. And even like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. just passed us by and- yeah downtown abbey stuff like whatever you know so i think we're in a different i don't know my what? god little women did hella numbers uh on a budget of 40 million that movie made 216 can you think of million. any any other film with a better release date than that film like the pairing together you know little woman on christmas so so I saw that movie at its early release at uh-huh. Arclight Hollywood, and I totally forgot that its wide release was on Christmas Day. I told my family um, that I'm not oh, – well, I have divorced parents, and I told my extent, like, my other family that I'm not going over to your house unless we go to see Little Woman. <laughs> so that's what we did. But my little sister loved it. I love it. So. I, I saw that movie on 35mm. It was, yeah. like, perfection. Anyway, yes, I do like other stuff besides horror for our listeners. Ryan's who are curious. quiet. He doesn't like Little Women. Oh no, I love Little Women. Don't get like <laughs> Little Women's my shit. Like that was. <laughs> I love every actress in that movie. I love Gerwig. Like Little Women was a hundred percent my jam. Uh, I just didn't have a theatrical experience. With it. Yeah. He's like, don't get no. it twisted. <laughs> and like, I, I, I'm a. I love rom coms. I love teen dramas. I almost posted on Twitter today. Like, it's in my drafts that I was going to be like, I know I love horror movies, but I also fucking love Titanic because I do. <laughs> and like, um, yeah. So I definitely I enjoyed. I love Lady Bird too. Like, I'm a big Gerwig fan. You're 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 now in the SoCal area. You can experience 35 millimeter at ArcLight when they reopen. No, I'm excited. I I've seen a couple. Oh. I it saw Jaws. Sack Sack had a revival, like uh, one of those like revival theaters or whatever. Um, and so I saw Jaws on thirty five, <laughs> and that was um, like, <gasps> yeah, that was like holy life-changing. shit. <laughs> um, 
Jaws would be my other favorite movie that I also have tattooed on my body. So um, <laughs> seeing that was incredible. And Scream. I saw them both. Yep. On 35? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I'm jealous. I think the only things I've seen, well, that I can remember, like this last year. I'll just say what I saw on 35 this last year. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on 35. Uh, Little Women and Is Uncut Gems. Like, what is like like what's 35 <laughs> uh film projection like old oh, school not digital oh it's not the okay so you know like when hateful eight came out and they were showing it in no what, it was the a different aspect ratio yeah so no. that so the roadshow one was shown in a uh, 70 millimeter with like a super wide aspect ratio. But yeah, that was projected on film. Um, 35 millimeter and 70 millimeter are just the size of the frame that's okay. being projected. But uh, yes, that one was projected on okay. film as well. Um, definitely a different experience. It's like it's like vinyl um, to digital. That's too. not even me just yeah. being like wow, a film. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it is like... You see something in 35 millimeter, I don't think anything comes close to it. I have to Google it. it. I didn't understand what it meant, but I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Sorry, the film snob in me was coming out, like pinkies up going like, ooh, That's 35 fine. millimeter. <laughs> I need to learn anyways. <laughs> but on that note, I think this is where we, we come to a close on this episode. Um Ryan, you got anything you want to promote or where people um, can find sure. you? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. And, you know, like it's, I love guesting on shows because I get to break out of my mold a little bit. Um, obviously, like I talk about slashers on my own podcast and then um, I kind of just review everything um, for myself. But like, I love being able to like get into these kind of these movies that I have a deep appreciation for. So thank you um online let's see i mean like you guys covered at the top uh you can find my writing right now i have my column over at bloody disgusting it's once a month it's called you ought to know um that covers um horror movies from the aughts um i'm writing for consequence of sound it covered beyond fest for them i just did my review on animaniacs for them and then i'll have some more writing coming out for them as well uh you can find my podcast anywhere where you can find podcasts it's bi-weekly with my best friend where we take one slasher movie and completely um analyze it from top to bottom um and then you can find all my own like reviews and writing over at ghastly grinning which is my website and then um keep your eyes open for um december's issue of we are horror which uh marina has a piece in so I do, I do. By the way, Raina, I know you haven't seen it, but we just got the final edit today for it. Um, Tyler, like, pieced it all together, <gasps> so I'll send you um, some sneak peeks. Uh, yeah, but yes. so that's coming out in December, and that is Family and Upbringing, and then it will be announced later today, so you'll be hearing this retroactively on the internet, but um, uh, our February issue is um, Love and Obsession and <laughs> oh shit <laughs> sorry yeah um, i love so that February <laughs> issue which i am officially announcing on twitter later today which when you hear this will be in the past um but that will be something you'll be able to keep your eyes open for 
as well. Um, so I think, uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter if you want to. It's at Ryan Larson. Very, very yeah. busy man. Um, but he's he's out there putting in the work. I respect it and love almost everything he does. Well, no, I love everything he does. I know that came off as like, oh, I don't like this like, one like, thing he did. Column. No, I love everything you do. Yeah, no, that column is wrong. The ring is not the best. No, I'm kidding. Um, Kayla, Kayla, where can our wonderful listeners find you? And do you have anything you want to I'm wanna Kayla, K-A-I-L-A underscore run on Twitter. And all my links are in my bio. Perfect. And as always, you can find me at JFC Doomblade on Twitter and Instagram. I regularly have pieces being published on Screen Queens and SciFiFangirls.com. Um, I made my bloody disgusting debut recently and hope to work with them a lot more going forward um but yeah and also i do have that piece coming out and we are hard that i am excited for everyone to finally see yay uh yeah thank you for yeah, coming on ryan last i love yeah. this yeah definitely I, I i love this but um keep an eye out listeners we do have some exciting super super exciting stuff coming up that like every day i'm like almost bursting at the scenes with how excited i am for our upcoming slate um you really aren't gonna want to miss it but once again thank you to for listening to us and listening to me ramble i'm rambling right now so i'm just gonna call this uh, <laughs> see you guys next week <laughs>